It's the Jeremiah Show. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Hey, so my grandfather grew up on a farm in Plainville near Boston. And I've never been. When I was in New York or, or in New Jersey opening up the Summit House, I, I kept wanting to go down, the, and go down to Boston. And uh, the guy I was working for discouraged me. He said, oh, it's, it's going to be cold. It's wintertime. You're not going to see it. You're not going to be able to walk around. You're not going to see anything. So he, he discouraged me, and I didn't go. And I really regret that. Um, the people of Boston, despite never being there or having visited there, the people of Boston, for some reason, they feel like family to me. So one of my family members, uh, not in my family, but one of the family members that I call family is Mark Platt. Oh, and yeah. He's the founder of Radio Candy Radio Network. We're on four of his stations around the world. And he suggested this great idea to me. He said, why don't you explore Boston's music scene? It's one of the best cities in the world uh, for emerging music artists right now and, and has been for a long time. And so over the next few months, we're going to do just that. I'm, I'm going to talk to a lot of different musicians out of Boston. But we're starting this series today with one of the very best bands in Boston. My special guest today is Smitty. 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 He's gonna. That's gonna be a tongue twister. <laughs> just call me Smitty. Just stop it right before the E. Just go with Smitty. The band is Smitty Smitty in the Fez Tones. It's crazy long. I get to get all kinds of heat for that. I'll explain why it's that long later. Just no. stop it at Smitty. It's very Smitty. simple and self-explanatory and easy to pronounce if you don't talk too fast. And I tend to talk too fast. Well, so then I the get part. Of, but part of the inspiration for Smitty Smitty was from Bunny Carlos. And the beauty thing about that is back when Cheap Trick first hit the map, and I, you know, I'm like, like uh, you know, my late teens, early 20s, when uh, Cheap Trick is starting to make a name for itself, a lot of these stories okay. on Cheap Trick, whenever they spelled Bunny Carlos's name, they would spell it like Bunny, B-U-N-N-Y, Carlos. And then, me, you know, of course, if later on we find out it's Bun E. Carlos. So my real name, not to you know, spoil it for everybody, my parents did not call me Smith is Michael, Michael Smith. Michael Smith may be in the top 10 of the most popular names on planet Earth. And I didn't want that. I wanted a name that, you know, was unique, uh, you know, unto itself. And I came up with the idea in homage to Bunny Carlos, Bun E. Carlos, to be Smith E. Smitty, hoping that people would like mash that Smith and the E together and end up calling me Smitty Smitty. That rarely happens. Most people like to stop off at that E. And you know what? So be it. I'm Smitty, e, Smitty. You know, if you want to say Smitty, Smitty twice, that's acceptable. But Smitty gets the job done. <laughs> I love it. Hey, this is going to be a great interview. I, I might not even have to ask any questions. <laughs> Smitty's dynamic. Smitty, uh, uh, let me explain if you're listening on radio. Or, or the podcast, and you're not watching this on the YouTube channel. Uh, let me let me describe Smitty a little bit. So I, I I get an email with, you know, every show we get all the assets from the guests, right? They send me photos and their bios and their music and all that. 
And Smitty sends me these great photos. And I go, wow, I hadn't seen him before I saw these photos. And these photos, you are a real original. You've got a fashion sense, all of your own. You've got a look um, that I don't think I've seen before in a, in a, uh, a front man or a, ba- <laughs> a leader of a band, musician. Uh, and so let me see if I can describe it. You're wearing a fez is what it's called. You've, yes. You've, um, you've got a beautiful emblem in the middle there. It's a black fez and it has, a, which is, if you're not familiar with that term, what I thought it was called before this interview was a uh, Shriners cap. But so, so it's black, but it's a fez, tassel, beautiful uh it looks like it's a jewel, fit. and you said it's your grandmother's. That you yeah, so it, it's actually the uh, the icon or the image is actually a scorpion. I don't know if you can really see it, but it's a scorpion. Oh yeah, yeah. No, why my grandmother had a scorpion? Uh, you know, piece of jewelry. You know, the, you've got these gray glasses that. Uh, what do you call that when they flip up? <laughs> you got well, so. The beauty part on this is I, I definitely I'm one of the I like wearing sunglasses when I perform. The problem is, is I do when it's dark, I can't see anything. So I remembered that I had these glasses from the 80s where the it flipped up and uh, I started wearing them and they're so out of fashion. They're back in fashion. A lot of people have never seen these before. If you were going to the nightclubs in uh, the 80s, every other person had these glasses on. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know what the actual name is. They're just kind of flip up, you know, round uh, glasses. A lot of people think it's I'm trying to do a steampunk thing. And I'm just like, oh, interesting. That wasn't what I was trying, but I like steampunk stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's that's basically what those flip up uh, sunglasses are. You've got a really good look, I think, uh, for, you know, it's just it's an original. And then you've got this, you know, uh, from what it looks like, a black leather jacket, probably a, a trench coat. It's a vest. Thing. It's actually it's a black uh, leather vest. Vest. OK, so I see this photo. Now I see you here on the screen and I'm describing you to the listeners. It really makes sense to me. Your why you changed your name from Mike. You didn't want to be just a Michael. I don't want to be Michael Smith. Get out you're of not, here. You're an original. Thank you. You're you're not out of a cookie cutter. You're uh, you're an original. Your music is great, and we're going to talk about that and get to know you throughout this interview. Uh, let me tell you uh, the the listeners if they're not familiar with you, if they're not in Boston or in the East Coast, or, or haven't heard your music yet. Smitty was born and raised in Detroit. He moved to Boston in 1985 and played in many great Detroit bands, including The Blind. Zero Ambiance, L7, and I love this title, Figures on a Beach. Figures on a Beach. Now, just so you know, Figures on, so a couple of those bands got signed to local indie deals. Figures on a Beach, we were actually, we did two releases on Sire Records. So we actually, you know, that was my big invite to the uh, the show in my- Yeah, you uh, got signed to Sire Warner Records. And you guys were releasing music until 90s, and then you disbanded in 91. Yes. Yep. Then you joined Wax Tracks label playing drums and Chainsuck, another yep. band name, with lead singer and songwriter Mary D. Reynolds until 99. Next, you were in Fire King. Yep. 
Uh, who names these bands that you're in? There you go. <laughs> great names. Did you name these bands? Uh, no, actually, I cannot take credit for any. <laughs> well, so you know, even with the blind, Zero Ambience was that was that was the uh, I was responsible for that one. The other ones came from somebody else. Well, regardless, they're great names, and I always hear all the time from band band uh, members now that they can't find a name for their band. Everything's been taken and it, it just takes them forever to find a name for a band. So these are some great names. Um, you be, uh, began playing drums in Little Billy Lost, a Boston power pop rock quartet during this very productive time. But now you're here with us on the show with Smith E. Smitty and the Festones. Yes. So uh, this is the, 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 the uh, single that we're releasing was part of a collection of 10 songs. We've put like, this will be the fourth one that we put out. The very first one we put out, uh, I put out just as Smitty Smitty. And I started working with all these people who ended up becoming the Fez Tones. And they've just become so integral to the sound. And they're so talented and they help with the live show. I mean, they make the live show. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know what? I got to give them some love. I, I feel like I'm, I'm hogging too which I will anyways. I'm hogging too much of the spotlight as Smitty Smitty. I got to give a lo- some love to these amazing artists. And so I came up with the Fez Tones. So originally we were spelling it with one Z. And very quickly I found out there's like about six, 12 different bands in different forms out there who are called the Festones. You would think, who is calling themselves the Festones? There's a bunch of Festones out there. But it was already already too late. We're out of, you know, and I like the Festones and I'm wearing a Fez. So I just told the band, I said, you guys, I know we've been uh, performing as Festones with one Z for a while. I'm going to add a second Z. I can't find Festones, F-E-Z-Z-T-O-N-E-S, anywhere. It doesn't mean they don't exist, but I haven't found them. So you're now the Festones with two Zs. And uh, two of the band members said, well, I've been spelling it with two Z's this whole time. It's like, there you go. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. See, an original, Smitty, I told you. I don't need to tell you you're an original. There you go. Thank you. Well, when you talked about, you you mentioned briefly there that your date, you know, originally was Smitty, Smitty, and your debut album was. Yes. uh, 2017, Just a Modern Guy. Yeah. And that was a tip of the hat, obviously, to Iggy Pop, who I'm a big fan of. Yeah, me too. Uh, and you went back to recording studio with Alec Rodriguez of New Alliance yes. Audio, Somerville, yes. Massachusetts. Okay, this is where the Fez Tones came, came in, right? The result is... A well, the short answer is yes. The long answer is we originally were supposed to go in in March in 2020. Jeremiah, do you remember what was going on in, around in March of 2020? Uh, I seem to recall (laughs) (laughs) that the radio show had to be done by Zoom, which we're still doing. (laughs) So the the studio closed up. They weren't doing anything. So I put everybody on hold. And then the studio got back to me and they said, look, if you want to come in as one and two members, you know, three tops at a time to start your recording on the second release, we can have you come in in August. So I actually had the entire, so we had to make a schedule. 
everyone had the songs, you know, they've been practicing what they were going to do in the studio. And so over a two week period, we had all the different members of the Festones come on in and uh, do their parts in like one, two days. And then we put the whole thing together. So it just, I got everybody together for the second release and it was no easy task. That COVID to this day, I mean, it really, uh, it put a hiccup in a lot of things, but you know, we all been doing this a while. It's kind of like life is a thing that happens while you're making plans. It's like move ahead. I'm not stopping. I don't care. This is terrible. It's really inconvenient. I'm moving ahead. And, you know, and that's how I end up here right now with you all this time later. And uh, we're still uh, we're moving forward and having a great time. Yeah, yeah, we le- we all learn to do things in different ways. You you, uh, you know, a lot of musicians tell me they're they're all over the country now, all, all over the world, and they can collaborate. You know, via these this new technology. So, you know, we it wasn't the most fun time in the world, yeah. but it was. But it but it also uh, you learn new things and you you uh, move forward. So I like that that sentiment as well. My first, I'm not going to tell the story again because I've told it before. But my very first, when you talk about March. 2019 yeah. <laughs> my very first radio show we we couldn't come in the studio right just like you couldn't go to your studio yeah and i didn't have richard there i didn't have the sound engineer i have oh. all the, the 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 radio toys that 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 we use to create this show so i did the show from my office on zoom for the very first time and my very and that guest was danny trejo <laughs> oh and i wow that is all, i love danny trejo oh yeah, that's so get cool the sound to work I, I ended up locking myself out of the office during the middle of the interview. I had to kick in the door. I mean, it was just a, that was, that was my memory of how COVID began for me on the radio show, but let's get back to you. Um, when I think of Detroit, I want to go back to your beginnings and, and talk a little bit about that. But when I think of Detroit, I think of that great opening scene in true romance with the oh. snow flurries and the burning trash cans with mid huddled around. It's even better, better than that. My family ran a mom and pop office supply company and the street that runs parallel to that, uh, you know, shoreline, whatever you want to call it, to the Detroit river is called fourth street. I want to say not more than a half a mile down fourth street is where that uh, warehouse and the store was i went as soon as i saw i knew know the ambassador bridge from a mile away it's like oh my god i mean i've been to the very first time i saw the movie it's like that's detroit and yeah, so the they fact they did it. that first scene there i was like blown away i loved it yeah they captured the, the ghost of elvis the greasy diners love violence all I and mean, I love in- living in Boston. Make no mistake. I love living in Boston. I'm glad I moved here in 1985. But I was born and raised in Detroit. I know where to go. If you know where to go, Detroit can be off the charts fun. If you don't know where to go, well, you're probably going to get killed. But, it, you know, if you do know, if you're with somebody who's from there to take you all to the clubs and the restaurants and everything to see, Detroit can be a gas. Yeah, I bet. And that's what I was I wanted to, you know, kind of start there. Uh, you know, also just to finish that scene. Remember they had you're a drummer. Remember the steel drums with it which was kind of like island music, but it's cold and snowy and it was such a contradiction. It's just such it's such a powerful scene to me. Yeah. Feels to me um a little Detroit. I've never been there again, another city. No, that's that's a lot of Detroit. Detroit and so it, it's either going to turn you off 
or you're going to be like, oh my goodness, where is this place? I must go there one day. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like I, I, I'm kind of drawn to it. Although, you know, like I, I said, it feels a little sad um, from what I, the stories, because it's not just that movie that I've seen. I've seen a lot of documentaries about Detroit, right, yeah. but it feels proud too. It feels like a city America forgot, but a city and a people that didn't give up and they have not given up. And we have a lot of listeners actually in Detroit. So this gives me an opportunity to say hello to them, but paint me a poetic picture, Schmitty, of Smitty's Detroit. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, I, there's definitely three lifetimes there. There's the lifetime when I'm a tiny little kid. There's a lifetime when I'm more of a, a teenager. And then there's a lifetime when I'm playing in bands all around Detroit and just kind of doing everything that I can do, you know, before we ended up, uh, you know, packing up and moving to Boston. You know, as a little kid, the, the crazy thing about Detroit is in the 60s, Detroit was humming and buzzing. I mean, that was like a, a just a very vibrant uh, city with all kinds of stuff. You know, uh, uh, you know, that's when they had the Hudson's Thanksgiving Day Parade with all the Shriners and the mini cars driving all over. And really in the 60s, Detroit was just an amazingly uh, beautiful place. In the 70s, it's kind of like, huh. So now I'm like, you know, I'm in like junior high, high school, and I'm kind of, you know, Detroit's starting to get a little beat up. And, uh, you know, the car industry, which, you know, it's kind of, it's central, you know, I mean, even like, so my parents sold off supplies. Well, it's because of all the car factories and all the offices, you know, they had a thriving business, you know, so the, the car industry just had all these different, you know, supported so many other small businesses and family businesses, but it was starting to get a little tougher and starting to get a little bit more beat up. And uh, then the 80s come along and I start playing in punk bands and all these different bands in Detroit. And the punk scene in Detroit was just, it was just so magnificent. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, I'd already, you know, cut my teeth on the Stooges and the MC5. And so taking that and applying that to my sensibility, I was in art school uh, in the 80s. And so I had the art thing going along with the, uh, the music. And so I was still having a, a great time. But then, you know, we finally we did everything we could do in Detroit. And we were thinking about either moving to Chicago, to New York. And Boston came up as a third option. And it just worked out. I mean, I, I, I tell our different uh, bandmates, you know, that when we moved out to Boston, you know, like, oh, we should have moved to New York. I said, you know, had this band with five people in it moved to, to New York, we would have moved back to Detroit within six months. It's way harder to have a rehearsal spot in New York. You know, you, you got to make some kind of bank in order to keep a roof over your head. It's just like, no, I get it. You know, if, had we gone to uh, New York in the 70s, you know, maybe we might have stood a chance, but it was just too expensive and too crazy because we chose Boston for a whole bunch of reasons I can't get into. But as luck would have it, we chose Boston and we were able to, you know, get jobs, have decent rehearsal spots, and then all the bands that I was able to play in until uh, today. So Boston was very integral on uh, keeping the music alive. You moved to Boston after you had graduated high school, or did you move with your folks? Oh, no, I was, I was 27. I was way oh. after high school. Okay. Um, but we, we had done what we could in Detroit. We wanted to move somewhere else. 
So your and, formative years, though, and your your yes, as a beginning musician, all started in Detroit. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And um, the funny thing is, is we actually had uh, carved out a pretty good niche for ourselves in Detroit, and we knew that coming to Boston, we were completely unknown commodity. And I took that as a challenge. It's like you know what, I like that. That's a challenge to me. I like walking into this town and nobody, because the thing is, the first time they see us get on stage, because, you know, we were pretty, uh, you know, well-rehearsed, well-oiled machine. It's like, we're going to blow them away. And that's exactly what happened. It was just like, where did these guys come from? It's like that scene in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Who are these guys? And uh, it was it was a little rough, you know, but we made it happen. You mentioned the... Uh the parade, I think you said the Hudson Parade where the, with the Shriners and the Fez. Do you yeah. think the Fez? The, the, the Shriners Fez, yes, Is indeed. that what inspired the look? Well, so it's, it, was a, it was a double punch. So that would have put me like, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years old and seeing these guys in these tiny little cars all wearing Fezes. I didn't even know what they were called. They were funny hats. And they're just like, you know, spinning around and going all over. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. But then right about, I think, you know, I think it was like seven or eight, that movie, Bye Bye Birdie, with um, Anne Margaret and uh, Dick Van Dyke and, um, uh, was it, uh, 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 the the girl from Psycho, uh, Janet Leigh. Uh, They were in it, and there was a dance scene where Janet Leigh in a string miniskirt breaks into it looks like a shriners meeting with all these guys wearing uh, red fezes and she does like a really sexy dance for these guys trying to make her boyfriend dick van dyke jealous and i'm like seven eight years old and i i think that may have been the first time i was ever aroused i didn't even know what i was feeling i just thought it was like so then you fast forward all these years and I'm like, I got to wear a fez. I got to wear a fez. And everyone's like, where'd you get the inspiration? Oh, it's the Shriners Parade. And I thought about it. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was Janet Lane and Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> you had your first crush. <laughs> All right. We got to take our first break here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go to break with your song, Tall Man Dreams. Do you want to set right. that up for the listener? Well, so the funny thing about that is uh, I had the mu- one of these times where the music came before the, uh, the lyrics and I, the music was like, it came together really fast. And I just, I was in love with the music and we're like about a month away from going into the recording studio and I still did not have lyrics. I had that, I had that, but that's not a lyric. So it's just like, what am I going to sing? And I'm getting anxious about it. I go to sleep and I have a dream. And my dream is that I'm anxious about writing lyrics for this song. And he got tall man dreams came to me in my dream. They, the basic, the chorus of that song came to me during a dream. And next thing you know, tall man dreams. I like the imagery. It could mean so many different things. Yeah. By the way, I like that. I mean, a lot of people are thinking, oh, he got a sample. You get a backup (laughs) singer at any time. (laughs) So we're also going to premiere at the end of the show, uh, the new single by Smith E. Smitty and the Fez Tones. It's Rebel Rebel, the David Bowie. It's a a remake of David Bowie's Rebel Rebel. It's getting great reviews. I'm going to actually read one for 
for you here. I love this. I almost use this as your your intro. This, this <laughs> what do you want to save writer, it for later? Uh, Dave at the Boogeyman Radio, New York right. International. Uh, I believe that's the who wrote this. Detroit and Boston, motor oil and dirty water, sweat and blood, art and music. The duality of Smith E. Smitty's vision and passion is what has driven him to create music and art. Born and raised in the Motor City and moving to the Athens of America when he was still a young man, Smitty has relentlessly pursued his desire to create music and art form from the very start. Smitty has a long history of collaborating with many of Detroit and Boston's best musicians and artists. Ever the provocateur, the single represents the imaginative mind of a lifelong creative absurdist thinker, literal and abstract, precise and equivocal, subtle and serious. And after everything is said and done, Smith E. Smitty is just a rebel. Rebel. What a great review. And uh, here is we're going to take you to break again with Tall Man Dreams. We'll be right back. Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on the Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Hi, this is Chris Hillman. If you've enjoyed my music with the Birds, the Flying Burrito Brothers, Manassas, Souther Hillman Fure Band, McGuinn Clark and Hillman, Evercall Ready, Rice Rice, Hillman and Peterson, and the Desert Rose Band. That's a lot of music. I hope you'll enjoy my new memoir, Time Between, My Life as a Bird, Burrito Brother, and Beyond. You can find it on my website, chrishillman.com. Enjoy. Hey everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you, to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com.
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. We are here with uh, my very special guest and new friend, uh, Smith E. Smitty. And the Fez Tones, his new single is Rebel Rebel. I'm with Smitty. And uh, check him out uh, on Bandcamp at smithysmitty.bandcamp.com. Facebook, Smitty's Smitty Rock. Actually, Smith E. Smitty Rock. YouTube, Smith E. Smitty. I'll spell that for you one time. S I T T E S M I T T Y. Instagram, you'll find it. Type it in there. Instagram, yeah, Smitty. You can find me. And TikTok, it's Smitty Smitty. So go check him out when you get a chance. And stay tuned. We're going to play Rebel Rebel in its entirety at the end of the show. We're also playing six other tracks from. Uh, from two different albums you're you're most what are you actually releasing an album right now smitty are you doing you're doing okay there you go what everybody's doing is one well one, one, single, n- one single not by design i mean yeah. i started putting these songs together before the pandemic and my goal was you know maybe do one or two maybe three singles and then put out an entire album well in the meantime you know the entire world in terms of releasing music you know went upside down and you know yes at some point i'm going to take all these songs and put them out uh as an album but it seems like the move that everybody seems to like right now you know i'm not gonna i can't reinvent the wheel is they like singles and so i just kind of been picking through these songs one at a time and uh trying you know and there i i like all 10 that we did i don't think there's a dog in the bunch but you know we're putting them out one at a time we're going to be um working with uh rebel rebel for a while and uh then you know maybe i'll send the unreleased ones to you i got to figure out what i'm going to follow this up with and there's a couple that uh, i have an idea on but uh you know it's 10 songs i put out four um i did uh 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 what you're doing then i did um what i do after what you're doing then I did, uh, wasn't there another one in there? Maybe, was it only three? Then I did Tall Man Dreams, and I did Rebel Rebel. I think, let me look at my list here. Oh, Just- gee whiz, the other big hit, Buzzkill Baby. It went, uh, what you doing? Tall Man Dreams, Buzzkill Baby, and now we're on Rebel Rebel. And there's six more. We just came back in with Fez Alicious. There you go. Love it. Yeah, anytime you got a new single to drop, just definitely. I will, absolutely. I and um you got a you got a west coast radio family here now okay so can you describe to me the very first gig that you ever played i imagine it was in detroit um but i'm just guessing describe the venue the stage how did you feel well i got a better story than the very first gig okay way better way better so i'm already playing in figures on a beach and we're making some headway in detroit and you know we're playing like you know the medium-sized venues and we're selling them out you know pretty well and all of a sudden and the b-52s are coming to town and as happens oftentimes whatever band was opening for them and i don't know who the band was they couldn't play detroit so they called up you know we had a little bit of notoriety in detroit they called up our manager and said hey would figures on a beach want to uh, open up for the b-52s at the uh, Royal Oak Music Theater. And the Royal Oak Music Theater holds, you know, gee whiz, uh, 2,500, 3,000, you know, maybe more. And we're like, heck yeah. So this is like two days before the show. 
So I'm at work, everybody's at work. We were rehearsing at night. We got, had like two rehearsals. I mean, we were, we're already pretty well rehearsed, but obviously we wanted to be in our best version of ourselves. And so I'm, I'm at work and I'm thinking about the set. You know, it's got to be a short set because the opening band, I'm going through everything that I'm doing. And I get to the, we all get to the show, you know, for uh, opening up for the B-52s at Royal Oak. And it's like, I got this. I got this. This is just going to be so much fun. I got it. So almost like a spinal tap moment where we're, we're back in the uh, green room and we have to walk in complete darkness through the, you know, uh, uh, catwalk areas to get to the side of the stage and the curtains down. And it's, you know, almost completely, you know, dark uh, back on the stage where our equipment is. And from behind the curtain on the stage, we're still on the side of the stage. We see the lights in the Royal Oak Music Theater go down. And I don't know, was it three, four thousand, five thousand people? I don't know. You just heard the biggest roar. And I'm just like, oh my God, what was that? And and all five of us were like, oh my God, we didn't even think about that. Just this huge you know auditorium just ah, you know all this love and i'm like walking over to my drum kit and i'm shaking like a leaf i'm like oh my god that's the one thing i didn't think about i didn't think about the audience reaction and it took it and so the and you know the curtains go up and the place goes absolutely insane and i want to say 1.5 maybe two songs finally settled into it and got into the groove and it was just magical after that but if, of all the first time shows and even hearing a song on the radio for the first time that one was beautiful because i just wasn't expecting it i'm like yeah i got this i got this i know my part i played this a million times i can do this and it just took me completely by surprise and to this day it's one of my favorite moments uh, that's a great story was it just like a wave like a wave it was insane yep. i mean it it cracks me up uh you know uh describing it you know and it I, hit all the whole band the same way it's like oh we got this we've done this ah we played to big rooms we got this <laughs> i imagine you from that point on you're addicted oh i was addicted long before that um uh the only other story that I could tell you is when I'm playing in my very first punk rock band called The Blind. And through a whole set of circumstances, we end up going to Milwaukee. And this is, uh, 19, this is the winter of 1979. We got asked by a Canadian band called Arson. Uh, they played Detroit, we hit it off and they said, hey, we're going to uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, if you guys have a van or a car, you guys can open for us if you can get your butts there. So, you know, this is like my very first band, the first band for all these other guys. Like, yeah, let's go, let's go. So we finally get ourselves, you know, Chicago's a whole nother story, but we end up in uh, Milwaukee and it's a Saturday. So this is 1979, not quite 80, 79. So, <laughs> so that band was very colorful. I would say, you know, somewhere in between the New York Dolls and the Sex Pistols and uh, Dead Boys. I mean, there was a look. There was definitely a look. And the lead singer, God bless him, rest his soul. He's passed on uh, David uh, Evan Davis III. He, God's gift, he's six four. He's just a huge human being. Uh, you know, crazy short hair, dyed bleach white. And his sister, uh, Peg, 
She comes along and she turns his hair into leopard spots. So now he's got a leopard spot. It's 1979. And he's got these wraparound glasses that he walks out on stage with. He whips off his glasses. His sister Peg with eyeliner made a perfect eyeline mask around his eyes where the, the sunglasses were. So when he whipped them off, he had like a, a face mask on. And we go, you know, we're like, you know, this we're, we're a punk rock band, newly formed. I'm not even going to say like how great the music was or not. We, you know, we knew how to do, you know, what we were doing. So then we meet a bunch of people after the show. You know, we hook up, go to this party after the show, stay up all night long, partying our brains out. And as, you know, luck would have it, in 1979, the B-52s were still a pretty uh, new band. And we're, we're like listening to um, B-52s all night long. And so, you know, the sun's coming up and we're thinking about uh, we're going to go out and get some breakfast. But one of the girls at the party, she took off. She bought a Milwaukee Journal, Sunday edition Milwaukee Journal. She brings it back to the party and slams it down on the coffee table. And there is a picture of our lead singer in color on the front page of the Milwaukee Journal with the headline, Punk Comes to Milwaukee. Nice. You know, I mean, it's like the, that's where I got the bug. You want to know where it gave me the bug? As soon as I saw that, it's like, oh, I'm a goner. This is way too much fun. <laughs> Why do you love rock and roll, punk? What does it do uh, physically, uh, Smitty? What does it do to you? Well, you know, I mean, first off, music is music. And it's one of these things. It's, you know, it's so, you know, it, it's such a personal connection you know, you know, it, it, everybody has sounds and music and songs, you know, they, they, they get underneath their skin. And to me, <laughs> that's all it's ever been. It's like, I just would base whether, you know, I didn't care what anybody said about a band, you know, they could get a good review, a bad review. I never cared. I wanted to hear the music. I wanted to hear the band and see how it affected me. And if it affected me in a way, it's like, oh, oh, I got to listen to this again. Then I knew I was going to be a fan. And I just have used that template for all the music that I've been a part of this whole journey. It's like, you know, do I, do I like this? You know, I have to like it. I can't predict what you're going to like. I can't predict what another person's going to like. Do I like it? And if I like it, then I have, I know I've got a pretty good shot at getting other people to like it too. All right. I love it. We're, we're talking with Smitty and it's, Smitty, Smitty, and the Fezzones. <laughs> we're premiering Rebel, Rebel at the end of the show here. But in the meantime, we're going to take you to break with Big Bad Boy. Anything you want to say about that before we go to break? Big Bad Boy. <laughs> we'll be right back.
Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, The Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. This is Moss Jacobs, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Higgins Show. Please stay tuned. And when you need to go see some music, when it's just burning a hole in your soul, Santa Barbara Bowl is the place to be. SBBowl.com, GoldenVoice.com. Thank you. With the Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. We're spending the hour with Smitty, and he is Smitty, Smitty, and the Fez Tones. And the new single is almost premiered here. It's not even out yet, right, Smitty? Are you, no, it's, it's not. not. Hey, I mean, there might. It, so we had to give it to all the uh, usual suspects, and some of the uh, streaming music sites may have it, but with the big push where it's like, here it is. It's going to be the middle of March. I'm not even sure of the exact date, so I don't want to say it. So I'm just going to say the middle of March. But it's, you know, if you did a search on uh, Smitty Smitty, well, you'll definitely find uh, Big Bad Boy, Tall Man Dreams, what you, uh, what you doing. There's there's stuff out there that you can find. Well, we're. I, I was just actually trying to brag that we've got it here for you. <laughs> yeah, well, you do. And, you know, you know so the, when I get ready to do the next release, Jeremiah, you're the first person I'm talking to. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you, you tell all the hoes that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I'm telling the truth. Uh, I, 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 we'll never know, and I'm just going to believe you. I'm very, I'm, I, I'm very trusting that way. There you go. All right, so uh, you got quite a band, and I want to make sure we mention all of them before we go. You know that we ha- before we have to say goodbye. Um, it's really a big band. It's a big sound. So, so full disclosure. That is our number one starting team. Uh, many of the people in the Festones actually have their own bands. So sometimes people are not available. So even though when we have the full band, including myself, we're a nine piece band, but it has not been uncommon that we're like, you know, a six, a seven piece. We, we you know, everyone is busy. We all got stuff going on. And uh, until I'm able to actually pay these guys a salary, there's not a whole heck of a lot I can do. So hint, hint, go to Bandcamp and start buying the music. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, I'll give you out the address again, but you can find it. Smith E, Smitty, and Fez Tones. You want me to list the na- your musicians? Yes, please. I, I got a list here because, you know, at my age, I'll forget. But if, you, if you're reading it from a sheet of paper, you do it. Uh, well, I don't want to mess up anybody's name, so it might be better. Uh, correct me. Smith E, Smitty, your lead vocals. You play drums as well? So that's my primary instrument. So there's another song that I have not released. 
called Move Up. And it's a, it, the theme of the song is about all these years, decades of being on the back of the stage playing drums. And then we put together Smitty Smitty and the Festones, and I have to move up to the front of the stage. So uh, you might be helping me decide what the next single is uh, after Rebel Rebel. I got to tell you that every one of the, I know you've also got, um, I, I don't want to mispronounce Mike's last name. Is it Gosha? Gosha. Gosha. On drums. Um, and I'm not sure which tracks you drummed on or what, what tracks he drummed on, but the, I got to tell you, when I listened to your music, the drums really stood out to me. I really love uh, all the, all the work with the drums and the, and the beat of the percussion. It's just so, so good. Um, I also mentioned that we came back. One of my favorite songs that you sent me was Think, Fight, Forge. And that's what we came back from break with. Um, you got the bagpipes there in the beginning. It feels very, feels very like, much like a fight song. Like a, yeah, it is. An anthem, you know? Um, something to get behind. I love, I love uh, it. You know, it, it is, it is kind of it is a fight song. You know, it, it's kind of like believing in your passion, pushing ahead, and uh, you got to forge ahead. You know, it's it just, you can't, you know, sit back and, uh, you know, let people roll over you. You got to think about it. You got to fight for it and you got to forge. I love it. Uh, do you have, do you, do you have that list of your bandmates? Can you? Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. All right. So here we go. I'm going to butcher every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer you to give them the right credit here. There you and go. So I actually play in two bands with uh, James Melanson. We play together. I mean, I am the drummer in this other band called little Billy lost. And so James is the uh, music director. I, I made him the music director because he really, he, he went to Berkeley. His knowledge on music far surpasses, you know, what I have going on. I'm, I'm, you know, kooky creative guy and he knows how to like reel it, reel it in. And he helps direct people. And he's uh, one of the guitar players, Eddie, crazy Eddie Nowick, who I played in a band with him back in the uh, late seventies, very briefly. And I got him on guitar. Andrew Padua on bass, and he's played in a boatload of Boston bands, and he is an amazing bass player. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Ellen Saunders Yanis as one of the uh, backup singers. Linda Bean Pardee uh, is another um, backup singer. And so Joe Ellen actually plays in a band, Cold Expectations, and Linda Bean Pardee plays in the band, uh, The Chelsea Curve all great bands in their own right. Then the other backup singer who we've recently added is the wife of Mike Josh on. She is just an amazing performer, an amazing singer. Linda twists uh, Joshua, and I'm so happy that she's uh, performing with us. Uh, on violin uh, is Jonathan Lamaster. And this guy, he goes on tour all the time with all kinds of bands all over the planet. He is just an insanely uh, talented uh, musician. I mean, he, violin is his uh, main thing, but so the theremin that you'll hear later on in Rebel Rebel, that's him. And he's also a guitar player and he plays a whole bunch of other things. Um, and Mike Joshua on drums, who is this amazing drummer, and uh, he plays in a bunch of uh, Boston bands as well. So I, I'm blessed. I, you know, it's kind of like I put these songs together. <clears throat> I had a rough idea what I wanted to do and I would have forged ahead you know, on my own, but having these people come into the studio and do what they do, I really, uh, I can't give them uh, enough accolades. And uh, I really do uh, think I am uh, the luckiest SOB on the planet. Well, you've put together such a great, big, powerful band with such, such talent. And when you formed the band, what did you, 
set out to do? Uh, <laughs> like what components were most important to you? Uh, what did you What did you want to accomplish with this? Well, thing? here's the beauty part. <clears throat> this is where the mus musical side of me meets the artistic side of me when I was in art school. And a lot of the classes that I took when I was in art schools, specifically watercolor, watercolor is referred to as controlled accidents. So when I went into the recordies, recording studio the very first time back in 2017 for what ended up becoming Just a Modern Guy, I kind of knew the, the control part of what I was going to do, but I left all the windows and all the creative doors wide open. And it was just sort of like, you know, these guys are coming in. It's like, well, what do you want me to play? And I said, you heard the uh, guitar track that I made, or you heard the, you know, the drum track or, you know, the bass track that I made. Do you. Don't forget about what I did. You know, just do your version of that. And, you know, the first off, the people that came in were insanely talented. So it wasn't like I was asking a novice off the street to do this. These were crazy talented people. So when they did their version of what I had set up, it was like, this is it. This is my template. I will set the song up because these are my songs, you know, with the exception of Rebel Rebel. Thank you, David Bowie. And you guys come in. And even so, when we did Rebel Rebel, I set up the composition and how it was going to be approached, which, you know, when you play it later on, we clearly took a different path than what uh, David Bowie did. But I just did the same thing. You, you see what I laid out. Now you do you. And everyone killed it. I mean, I just, the accolades up and down on the performances on Rebel Rebel, you know, we need another hour. They just nailed it. Yeah, great. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, and we're going to play it in just a moment. But first, Smitty, what's your philosophy, overall philosophy on life? <laughs> and does the band have a philosophy together? Is there a shared, a shared camaraderie philosophy uh, of you of what you guys all hope to accomplish making beautiful music well the accomplished thing is tough it's it's sort of like it's a very competitive business the world is completely different since we've gone through covid so all we want to do is when we make the recording do the best version that we can and then when we get ready to do a live show just do it like it's the last show we're ever going to do you know it's just go out there leave it on the stage Perform your guts out. And, you know, it's, it's just, we've all been doing this a long time. And it, it's just one of these things. It's like the expectation is just enjoy, live your life. Whatever you do, just be proud of it. Um, you know, I mean, there are many musicians out there who are taskmasters. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. I want exactly this. And I want exactly that. Boy, oh boy, Jeremiah, that is so not me. I'm just like, no, I want your best, whatever that is. I gave you a template. Feel pretty good about the template I gave you. Now you do you. And be you. Yeah. You're a thinking artist, as you've been described, as you just described yourself. What are you thinking about these days? Um, well, what so single am I going to reset after Rebel Rebel? <laughs> <laughs> but uh i am getting some ideas for new material and uh you know so that i'm not doing it at the last second uh i am thinking i should start putting together the next group of uh, songs um and then you know so then the other thing is is we're in the middle of doing music videos for all these songs and uh i'm in the middle of editing um a, a music video for rebel rebel 
a music video for a song called Wash Your Sins Away by Little Billy Lost. And I got asked by uh, Joe Ellen's band, uh, Cold Expectations, to actually edit and sort of direct their music video. So, uh, you know, the music, it's, and that's kind of an art thing, you know, visuals and stuff. So I, I get a kick out of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, there's so many components to, to a song, right? I mean, the, yes, absolutely. The Literal and abstract. Yeah. Why was David Bowie so important to you personally? Uh, you know, it, so it, the beauty that, thing, right? So you had the whole show. Uh, well, I mean, so David Bowie, you know, especially being an art guy. I mean, I, I was like already playing in neighborhood bands in uh, the 70s, but I was not in an official band. And so, you know, just music is, you know, being from Detroit, you know, it was, you know, I, I was, I think I was 12, 14 when Susie Quattro was playing in the Pleasure Seekers. I mean, she was like a neighborhood girl. I mean, I already was hip to the Pleasure Seekers like in real time when I was a kid because they were like playing, you know, tiny little dive places. My my parents wouldn't let me go to a lot of these shows because I was only 14, you know, but sometimes I would go. <laughs> you know? And and so it, it just uh, it, David Bowie, when he hit the scene, his present is music, obviously his music and his presentation. You know, it was like I saw him before I heard the word words glam rock. I didn't even know what was going on. It was like, oh, my God, look at this band. And, and you know, David Bowie. And so he, he was just taking it to the next level with his look and his performance and his music. And the truth is, in the early 70s, not everybody liked David Bowie. I mean, it was like, oh, he's too weird. Oh, you know, what is that? That's crazy music, which was great because I was like, no, I, I like this. This is like, no, I'll, I'll take more. And so I found, you know, some of my friends, we were like big Bowie fans. And so I just kind of, you know, progressed as he progressed and the ebb and flow of uh, his career, you know, how he stopped, he became a puppeteer for a while, you know, pursued acting for a while. I don't know that I want to be a puppeteer or pursue acting, but I appreciated the fact that he was very creative and he didn't confine himself to uh, anybody's description of himself. He lived on his own creative terms. And I guess as an ethic, as a philosophy, that's what I try and borrow or steal from David Bowie. It's just, no, just, you know, you're a creative individual. Yes, here we got some music. But take it to the next level. What else do you have going on? What other creative, you know, statements and look, looks and performances and videos that can you do in order to make this refreshing and uh, interesting to someone who's never seen the band? We're with uh, Smitty, with Smitty, Smitty and the Fez Tones. We're going to go out. This is our last break. We're going to take you out with Buzzkill Baby. God, I know a lot of those kind of people. <laughs> we'll be right back. Buzzkill, baby, you're a buzzkill. Maybe you're a buzzkill. Lately, you're a buzzkill, baby. Buzzkill, baby, you're a buzzkill. Maybe you're a buzzkill. Lately, you're a buzzkill, baby.
Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show, and I'd like you all to check out my latest record. It's called Hermitage, and um, you can find it wherever you find all the other albums you like, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it too. All right, take care. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen. Smitty Show. We're with <laughs> the Fez Tones. We just came in with What You Doing? And uh, upcoming here in just a moment, we're going to play Smitty E. Smitty and the Fez Tones' new single, Rebel Rebel. It's a, 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 a totally unique new cover of, of the famous David Bowie song, Rebel Rebel. Um, you know, why... Why did you want? I mean, it's such a. It would seem to me it's such a, a daunting, uh, overwhelming. Like I'm going to cover this. How can I do it better than David Bowie? That's why I did it. That's why I did it. Because anybody in their right mind, it's like you're going to cover an iconic music piece by David Bowie. It's like yeah, because I knew before you know even note one, beat one was played. I was going to do a different take on it. It was just kind of like, no, if I try and do David Bowie's version, like at the end of David Bowie's version, he does this kind of rap thing at the very end. And I just made a conscious decision. It's like, no, I can't do that. Because that would, that's, that, that would be, it, that's his, he owns that. I have to start it in a different way. I have to finish it in a different way. And really, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I, I thought if this wasn't David Bowie's song and he was going to cover it, what would he do? And there is a little bit of a template from his uh, pinups release that he put out in 1973, how he took all these cover songs and he did his version of them. And so it's like, oh, okay, he zigged instead of zag. So when I sat down with uh, Rebel Rebel, it's like I had, you know, I, I didn't know all the parts, but I had a pretty clear vision of how I wanted to start it. I wanted to kick in, pull back a little bit, and kick it in one more time. And once I had that and I played that version for the band, they lost their mind. They couldn't wait to get into the recording studio and do their parts on that. And then uh, you'll hear it. Uh, Jonathan Lemaster plays uh, theremin in the first uh, instrumental break. And our guitar player, uh, James Melanson, when it's his turn to come up with the guitar solo at the end, you know, 
I'm going to have to buy him a car one day. I mean, he just like, just lays it out. I mean, it's just every person I've played this for, uh, the first time they hear it, they're like, who's doing that guitar solo? It's like, yep, that's James. James, that's James's work. Did you ever get to meet David Bowie? No, sir. <laughs> I did. You know, I, I got to meet some of my idols. I did not get to meet. I saw David Bowie. I did not meet David Bowie. You know, it's interesting how a person like David Bowie has been with you your whole life. Um, you have, he's influenced you. You've, you've followed him. You've listened to his music. You, you, you probably feel like you know him in some, some way. And he's, he was a friend, you know, at times when you need a friend in music and you're listening you're alone, you're down, you're up, you know, David Bowie's there for you, uh, one of your favorite artists. Um, so even if you don't meet an artist, sometimes, you know, just they are in your life, no matter what their presence. Well, is. there's a bizarre connection. Um, and I did meet him, uh, Iggy Pop, Iggy. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, Bowie, you know, uh, produced uh, Lust for Life. And he's a Detroiter. I'm a Detroiter. I met Iggy. And Iggy obviously has a, a history of his own with David. So there is kind of a, you know, seven degrees of separation kind of thing. I never met Bowie, but the fact that I got to meet and talk to uh, Iggy, uh, that was pretty special. And uh, so there's a, you know, sideways connection. Yeah. Well, Smitty, it's been so good to get to know you and uh, hear your music this hour. Um, it's one of many times I'm sure that we will have you back on the show and, uh, you know, enjoy your evening there in Boston. Thank you for staying up late with us and joining. get another one of these as soon as we're done. <laughs> uh, I almost started chopping on the ice, but I figured, you know what? In a radio interview, that's probably not good. <laughs> you should have lined a couple up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So uh, why don't you introduce your song and we'll take it out that way. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. And the listeners of the Jeremiah Show, here is the debut performance of Rebel Rebel by Smitty Smitty and the Vestones on the Jeremiah Show coming to you right now. Got your mother in a world Not sure if you're a boy or a girl Hey babe, your hair's all right Hey babe, let's stay out tonight You like me and I like it all You love dancing and we look divine You love bands when they play it hard You want more and you want it fast they put you down, they say I'm wrong You tack a thing, you put them on Yeah! Oh, 
your mother in a world not sure if you're a boy or girl hey babe your hair's all right hey babe let's stay out tonight stay out tonight This is comedian Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. I love you. I'm Smitty Smitty of Smitty Smitty in the Festones, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Tune in and hear our brand new single, Rebel Rebel, our heartfelt tribute to David Bowie. Tune in and listen. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 